The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Live from the Great Cup Festival. Brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca slash con ed. Yeah, a little Kim Mitchell at 2.30 on this Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Kim Mitchell playing the Coors Light concert uh, at the Shaw Conference Centre. Halls A, B and C on what night is that? That is on the 24th. That's Saturday. on Saturday night, isn't it, Alan? Um, along with Loverboy and Trooper <laughs> Alan Watt from your Edmonton Eskimos joining us in in studio. Hey, well, it is a studio of sorts. You yeah. guys have camped out. It's pretty neat. It's I like it. This yeah. is a good setup, to be honest with you. As remotes go, I've never seen it set up better than... Me neither. Usually it's something that you can hook onto your uh, vehicle and take with you wherever you go. This is... This is pretty neat. Well, you know, the weather was uh, the last time that uh, Edmonton hosted the Grey Cup, and I actually did a, the live remote then as part of the afternoon news, but we were outside, and you'll yeah. recall the weather wasn't quite was, as nice. No, this is unbelievable. I've been to not as many as Brian Hall, but I've been to lots of Grey Cups. <laughs> Nobody's done anything yeah. as many times as Brian That's Hall. That's true, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, last night was, was magic, you know, when you could have that function outside and have that much fun and not have to worry about your hands freezing and your ears freezing. It looks your... as though the Grey Cup itself will be enjoying pretty good weather as well. Yeah, you know, the stadium, of course, you know, our offices are there. They Eskimo offices are there, and and it's a busy place. They're getting ready for you know halftime show rehearsals, and when people see the the uh, pregame stage in one end zone, when they see the halftime show mm-hmm. stage, uh, it's that you know that believe me, you know uh, if if you're if, if the Grey Cup is in your city. I don't really care who's playing at this point. We're all over the fact that uh, there's no green and gold in it. We, we had to get Well, we're that. not all over that. Well, <laughs> you know, most of us, yeah. <laughs> some of us are over that. And uh, some people are. And, and, uh, but if the Grey Cup's in your city, uh, you know, they're, they're going to put on a heck of a show yeah. there. With uh, The Alicia Cara stage is really something to see. And it doesn't have to be wheeled out to the middle of the stadium. It's at one end of the stadium. So, yeah. And they're busy in there. You know, they're putting up all kinds of scrim and, and uh, just just generally getting ready. Alan, how are you? You know, what you, you know, you're walking around here, you're seeing this. Is is this how oh. it was envisioned? Is this how it was uh, you know, the way it's all come together? Is this um you know what you imagined? I you know what? I think it's actually to a large degree better than that. You know, Dwayne Benu had lots of experience in 2010 and he and his crew did a, a really good job then. And uh, in in view of the fact, light of the fact that, you know, I I say this, this, was saying this to some CFL people, picture trying to do this in Toronto if Nathan Phillips Square (laughs) wasn't available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so for people that are are familiar with that, so we, we, the Grey Cup Festival Organizing Committee has done that here in Edmonton. They've taken... Because you can't go over there. It's a, it's, they're working on the LRT. It's all dug up. So they just moved it north. I am impressed. I've been to lots of Grey Cups. I've been to lots of festivals. Um, the people that organized this, the, uh, the, the two chairmen that we had, mm-hmm. uh, really did a nice job on it. You know, they, they, uh, they pitched in. They figured it out and, uh, and said, okay, let's, let's put the resources behind it. And, and like I said, uh, last night was great. Tonight will be even better. And then 
you'll be able to hear the the cries of Ottawa and Calgary. And, uh, and, uh, well, you know, it's funny. Me, you'll be tired of that by the time yes. Friday night rolls around. Whenever you undertake anything of this size, it's uh, the parts are always the whole is always bigger than the parts yeah. and it, it, there's something that ha, that is sometimes missing from some something like this you can have all the right parts but it doesn't come together it doesn't have the right feel but this from the time that it finally set up yesterday which by the way was right down to mm-hmm. six o'clock finishing, at night finishing, finishing, finishing touches, touches yeah. yeah it had the feel of a festival this yeah. and I was saying this to me yesterday when I was watching them set up had the feel of K-Days being set up or something where you just think man everything's here it's got a good flow to it but I think what adds the magic is the Edmontonians who have come down to support it and all the people from out of town. It's got a very friendly yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, I like that too. As, as you've pointed out, that's all very true. You know, the Grey Cup, uh, you know, it's uh, the people that have been around a long time, some might say, oh, it's the Grand National Drunk. It isn't, and it shouldn't <laughs> be. It should be a place where you can take your kids. It should be a place... Uh, where you can where you can see all of this, and I'll throw this in. In if we were doing this in June, uh-huh. and we said we're going to have a, a street ski, you know, we're going to have people <laughs> on skis, and you can bring your skis down and try it out. You'd go, I don't know, uh, I don't know whether that's a fit with with a Grey Cup festival or not. But then when you see it here, when uh-huh. you see it with the bungee jump, when you see it with the zip line, when you see it with with the slide, you go, it's all starting to make sense to me. Well, you As don't. You point out, yeah. it suddenly looks like you go. Hey, I, I, you know, let's 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 spend the three dollars and ten cents on the LRT. Get the, get and to it, it and take it in for a couple. Exactly. Of hours. Are you going to do the bungee jump or the zip line? I'll go if you go. Oh, well, we oh, talked about yeah. that because you we, know we talked about it, but it just never kind of came together. Actually, well, you military types are, are willing to pretty much try anything. So <laughs> well, we shouldn't have brought that come up. Come on, you're yeah. a former honorary colonel too, so you're in on this. <laughs> Alan, how much of a difference does it make? You mentioned off the top of this conversation that you know we've all gotten over the fact that the Eskimos yeah. aren't in it, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm still excited that there's a great cup coming and I'll be at the game. How much of a difference does it make planning, do you think, a festival like this when the home team's not in it? Or how much more challenging would it have been if they were? Well, I... You know, there's a whole that's there's a whole bunch of elements to that question, and I was talking to the people from the Calgary Stampeders who are hosting the Grey Cup next year, and you think about the space that we've had between the end of our season and the the opening night last night. We've had we had room to do all the organizers had room to do all of this. Imagine if last weekend on Sunday we would have hosted the Western Final. That would have meant exactly all of this was, stuff yep. would have had been done the two weeks prior to wow. that. Well, that puts an enormous pressure on an organization. But to answer your question properly, all good sports organizations, when they're hosting something like this, you can't plan as though you're going to be in it. You have to plan as though you'd like to. You have to plan as though you're going to do everything to get into it. But, you know, there's only going to be one winner at the end of the year. Somebody's yeah. going to go home on Sunday mm-hmm. disappointed. And two teams last week were disappointed. And the week before that, there was two or three more teams that were disappointed as well. So, But you have to make your plans for this in your city as though you're working on behalf of the city. Yeah, you want to have an event where, where people, even if, they, 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 even if they're not inclined to or they can't for one reason or another get to this, they, on Monday morning they have to, to 
listen to this radio station and all other media outlets in town and have them have the people like you say that was a pretty good great up yeah, edmonton did a good job yeah. the organizers of the festival did a great job the game was tickety boo the flyovers the anthem the pregame brett kissel all mm-hmm. of that stuff those are the things that an organization uh, and the league have to dovetail together as people that are in charge of organizing those kinds of things and make sure that they're checking all the boxes because you can't count on the Eskimos being in every Grey Cup. If you could, we'd take it. We'd be in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was interesting. I can't remember who was talking about it. I don't know if it was the commissioner. I'm not sure who it was, but talking about the change in downtown Edmonton since um, the time we hold we held uh, the last Grey Cup over the past eight years. There has been incredible, incredible growth down here. We have the, the new arena, all of that, and, and how that has... I wonder if it's made it more appealing to get more people down here because people seem to like to come downtown a lot more now. I'm a very proud Edmontonian. I was born and raised here and went, you know, all my schooling was here and I've worked here most of my life except for a couple of years and then I never left Alberta. I had to work in Calgary. (laughs) (laughs) But Edmont, when, when in 2006, on the steps of City Hall after the uh, Edmonton Oilers came back from losing uh-huh. the, uh, the Stanley Cup seventh and deciding game and Cal Nichols said we need a new rink from that moment on you think about all of the things yeah. that have happened in the downtown uh-huh. area in this area where we're sitting right now and all of the areas around it there's been a transformative change in the size and the shape and the things that are taking place in this downtown core. It was a lot of gravel parking lots that had Safeway shopping carts and other things Mm -hmm. in them. Mm -hmm. And now, I shouldn't blame that on Safeway, by the way, but (laughs) what I'm saying, it had shopping carts. Oh, there goes the sponsor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. there goes the liquor license and (laughs) the sponsor, yeah. (laughs) My point being that, to to your question, this, it's it's really something that's taken place, Mm -hmm. and it, it's it and again nobody can do this on their own cities have to buy into it at all levels and even the staging of this gray cup and the related festival you know the city has been a terrific partner of ours in terms of pageantry and banners and other elements the province uh says these are things, Grey Cups in Calgary or Edmonton or whatever, that we need to treat at the same... It's, it's, it's Canada's national one-game day. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't want that... Tri- you don't want to miss putting the mailbag out for the train to come by. Yeah, yeah. No, and honestly, to, to your point and to yours as well, with so much having changed in downtown Edmonton, this is an opportunity to show the world or at least our country what Edmonton looks like. Right, exactly. We have a very vibrant downtown. Bigger, more vibrant, more interesting downtown. And everything that comes with that is more interesting, in my opinion. Absolutely. Alan, before we let you go, uh, predictions on the game. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You know, I... uh, uh, I will tell you this, that a couple of times this week I've had a chance to talk to Hugh Campbell uh-huh. who was making some arrangements to get up here and he wanted to connect with some friends. I saw Bridget, uh, Bridget and Bruce Lemmerman yesterday and we were saying the same thing that you, you uh, were really proud of. I mean, when I first met Rick Campbell, he was a, a, a young boy with his, with his mom and dad uh-huh. and uh, 
I thought I would maybe work for the Eskimos for at least four or five more years when I could finally hear him speak. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was a very polite, quiet young now, man. Now, Alan, are you now, avoiding the question? Here, Noel, here, yeah, kind of. But here he is coaching in yeah. our city. Yes. He has a chance to do what his dad never got a chance to do, which is win the Grey Cup in Edmonton. So uh, I have some feelings towards what Rick has done in Ottawa and, and uh, just because it's, it's Rick. And then... You know, uh, Rick's sister, Molly, works for the Calgary uh, Stampeders, oh, okay. as does Hugh's grandson. Mm. So I'm, I'm, uh, don't stare at me like that. I'm going to walk. I'm waiting for you to say Ottawa. <laughs> 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 Ottawa 29-23. I'll say this. If Edmonton's in it next year in Calgary, we'll win. Ah, <laughs> Fair Alan enough. Alan Watt from your Edmonton Eskimos joining us. Thank you so much oh, thank uh, you. for popping by and saying hi. You bet. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's just uh, it's a fun time. Come on down. Check things out. We're on Jasper Avenue. Just a whole stretch right in front of uh, the Shaw Conference Center. We'll continue the conversation from the 630 Chad Information Center at the 2018 Grey Cup Festival after this. by to say hi a great 630 ched listener lots of folks walking by the trailer waving some popping in saying hi i've done more waving today than the queen i think and uh yeah, Royal Parade. I do because I'm, I see now why she does that little wrist thing. It's it's tiring to wave all day. Well, because we 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 wave. We like wave enthusiastically. Like exactly stuff. right. Because we're so pleased that somebody actually wants to wave at us. Hi, I, Lieutenant Dan. I almost want to go out and ask them if they know who we are. <laughs> or are you just waving because we're under lights here? It doesn't matter. We're well, happy to fine. get the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Maybe they, Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, it is November twenty second. Yeah. Okay. So we're a month and three days away from Christmas. Mm. And I know you haven't started doing any Christmas shopping. Oh, no, I don't uh, really have that responsibility. No, no, and a, and, and a lot of folks, apparently, are are feeling kind of about the, uh, the money situation when it comes to Christmas. There was a new survey that was done that says 61% of you uh, say this is the most stressful time of the year and that one-third of you say buying gifts is more nerve-wracking than five years ago. Um, a lot of you saying that we've become way too focused on spending, yet listen to this. 60% of Canadians mm -hmm. are willing, well, 60% of holiday shoppers, Christmas shoppers, say they are prepared to go into debt at Christmas time. Well, yeah, of course. And that hasn't changed, I don't think, in years, right? Because you want to make sure everyone around you, it's always in the giving. You want to make sure everyone around you is having the best possible Christmas. But it's funny when you think about it. I mean, I'm not that wise or anything, but I am 60 years old. If you think back to your childhood, uh, there's only a handful of occasions that you, you know, if I specifically asked you at 18 or it's, as, you know, at 14, what was the gift your parents got you? I mean, what was, you know, there's one or two over the years that you never forget. But a lot of times I found my parents used to do this when I was a child. They, uh, and I think they were compensating with the war bride and the, yeah. you know, the Manitoba, you know, ranching uh, son. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to just spoil us. And there'd be so many presents under the tree. And I don't remember any of them. You know, and at some point, my mom just put her foot down and went, okay, enough, enough is enough. And they would get us, you know, the big present would be a sled that we could all go out sledding. Yeah. And I have better memories, honestly, of a young child sledding 
on that sled with my brothers than I do of opening up anything else. Well, and, you know, they talk about, you know, moving stuff, um, you know, maybe taking your kids to start, you know, at a, at a going to a food bank or working mm-hmm. with the less fortunate, that sort of stuff, to give them an idea of, you know, that not everybody has a, a mound of, of presents under the tree. Cut out things. Like, if it, oftentimes families, like, they've done something for a zillion years, like, you have to buy for every niece and nephew. Oh, and yeah. finally, and no one is willing to speak up. They're saying, you know what, someone speak up. Yeah, because that gets really expensive after a while. I, uh, yeah. Come up with a different plan. And, and we've started to do that uh, in in our family, you know, with the with the folks back home. You talk about remembering things. You know what I remember the most was a teddy bear. It was just a little brown teddy bear that I wanted a, a Paddington bear when I was a, a child. <laughs> and my mom couldn't my mom couldn't find a real Paddington bear, so she made the outfit. She made the little jacket and the little hat. While she was working at the hospital in Belleville, Ontario, and I still have that teddy bear really? somewhere. Wow! Uh, how many years later? And that was given to me probably when I was about eight years old, and that's the one that I. That's what I'm the talking most. about, right? Exactly, and and you know, uh, I want I want to talk about so much about what you just said, but yeah. trying to find that one toy that's so hot and popular this oh. year is such a waste of effort. As a parent, I did it. Uh, you know, every year for years, you know, you ha- it had to be that one dollar, that one piece yeah. of technology, whatever. The kids aren't playing with them anymore. They don't specifically remember it. It's it's not that important. But the, the family thing that you talked about, oh, that is the craziest thing, oh, yeah. where families get bigger and nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. So they originally, right, they just let it go and let it go. And then our rule years ago was, if you, I think the rule became, if it's kids then we'll buy for them. But we're not going to... Why... $30 on a painting that you're never going to hang, you know, just to say that you gave a gift or whatever. It's just much better to get together at Christmas and enjoy each other's company and have some fun. Bingo. It's 2.56 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We'll take a break here. Eileen Bell has your 3 o'clock news headlines. We'll continue from the 2018 Grey Cup Festival after that. The 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.